0: Well, good morning. My name is Dell, and I serve here as one of the pastors, and it is so good to see all your faces again. I was only gone for one week, but it felt like an eternity, and so it's just wonderful to see all of you today. Most of you are smiling, so that's good. Um, I just want to say a big welcome to our online audience as well. Um, how many of you enjoyed uh, the message last week by Luke? Yeah. Yep, it's a hard act to follow, and he did a wonderful job. I I was watching online, and um, one of my favorite parts was how he was quizzing us on if you knew different scriptures. And I'm guessing most of you here were saying no, right? And then he would say, well, this song. You're like, oh, I know that song. And so I asked him, like, is there any way that we can get the scripture reference up on the the songs when we do them? Just so we know, because you probably know much more scripture than you realize, because that's what we do in our singing, we, you guys are really awesome singers, by the way, but it's, we don't gather just to, to sing just because it sounds so wonderful. We gather because we lift our voices together and we're singing scripture. We're singing together in one accord and there's really something special and it's very encouraging uh, when we do that, isn't it? today in some of the songs, especially the more familiar songs, uh, you could just hear the voices rise inside the room, and it just is such an encouragement, and I think a lot of us need that, don't we? We need we come to church, maybe it was a hard morning, maybe it's been a hard week, maybe it's been a hard year, (laughs) amen? 2021 is coming to an end, and you know, it's just really something when we gather as the body of Christ, and we're really uh, encouraging to one another, and and without even really realizing it, Uh, just to be here, to be present, uh, you probably have encouraged somebody today, and so um, that's that 's awesome and so we 're again so happy to be here i 'm glad to be back and um, it 's good to be in this series. I hope that you 've all been enjoying this back to the start series um, it 's definitely something that 's been i 've enjoyed, and you know again these these are very familiar things aren 't they you know last week why why do we sing like I mean, I don't know if you've ever stopped to really think about that question because it's just something we do. It's just part of been part of church probably as long as any of us have been in the church. We just get together and we sing, don't we? We're, you know, we just that's what we do. But to to really kind of go back and to say why why do we do this? Why do we sing? Um, you know, Tony the week before, why do we give all these different things? And so it's just really these questions. And so today we're going to be continuing the series and we're going to wrap the series up next week. And believe it or not, the week after that Advent starts. We're we're cruising into the end of the year really quick. So anybody done Christmas shopping yet? Yeah. I don't know that I love you guys. I, I, <laughs> you make me feel so guilty, but you're so organized and so on. it. Hopefully someday I can be there. We'll be there. But, but God bless you. You know, 7-Eleven is one of my favorite places on Christmas Eve. And um, well, now we got Walmart and everything else. So, hey, um, don't judge me. Uh, we'll save that for God. So, anyway... Um, we're going to continue our series today, and today's, today's message, and here's another one, this is going to be one of those things, it's going to seem really simple at first, but the question today, and what we're going to look at today, is why we pray. Why, we pray, why do we pray, right? And, you know, we can, it's, in one sense it's easy, right? You can answer that really quick, probably in just a few words, but we're going to really unpack and kind of go back to the start, and we're going to really look at so why, what, what's important, why should we pray um, as as followers of Christ, what's important about it? Um, there's uh, in the modern home these days. There's some conversations that we're having, okay. And it's it's surrounding um, why why do we brush our teeth, right? Why do we brush our teeth? And you know you don't you wouldn't think that you would have to have those conversations, but you do. Well, we I've got four boys, as many of you know. Three of them have teeth. One is not there yet, but. Um, You know, and so you actually have to sit there and articulate the reasons why, other than your breath is offensive, um, but the importance of, you know, your teeth, and you would like to keep them probably for the majority of your life. And so we have these discussions, and we explain the whys, you know, and you ask, or you ask the question, it's, showering is kind of a close second right now, it's like, when's the last time you showered? And if there's a pause longer than five seconds while they're trying to think, you're like, go, yeah, go, Take care of all that, that funk, and, and get it get it knocked off you, so um, but anyway, so brushing so under explaining the why and, and, and that's important because really before you can touch on the how and, and it's like they've been taught how to, to brush, but if they don't really understand the why, you know they 're not really going to stick with it, right because they don't understand the importance and so if I can do my best to sort of bring that into sort of our topic today and you know there are many 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 books and as i was preparing for this message most of what you find out there is how to pray <laughs> right because that's really what we want to teach me how to pray right teach me to pray but we don't there's not a lot out there of, of why we do it why do we pray and so it's it's important for us to pause and to kind of think of those questions the why instead of the how and so because i think if we can answer the why then the how follows right if I were to ask you today, and I'm going to actually. I'm going to do it right now. How many of you here wish you could pray more consistently and more sincerely on a regular basis? How many? Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 but it's such a simple thing, right? But yet, why do we struggle so much? Why can't we be consistent why can't we be, you know, uh, just on that regiment of, of prayer and have this this prayer life with God? We we always, are, seems like we're always kind of behind a little bit, isn't it? We're always trying to get back into what we what we'd hoped for, and so we're going to kind of touch on some of these things today. Um, Now, as you can imagine, in the Scriptures, there's plenty of Scripture to use for prayer. (laughs) There's a lot of it mentioned in the Bible. And so um, we're just going to dive in on one and uh, a passage here just to kind of get us rolling. And then we're going to kind of get things uh, cruising here. And today's message, I'm going to kind of split it into two pieces if I can. Uh, The first part, we're going to talk about kind of just real nuts and bolts of some reasons, three reasons why we should pray And then what I want to do is after that, I want to sort of come come back around and I wanted to sort of, if I could, almost pull a stool out and dim the lights a little bit and just have a conversation with you because, you know, I think that we understand and I don't think anything is going to be like earth shattering for you, the things I'm going to share with you, like you've never heard this before. But again, to go back to this thing of what, so what is it that stops us or what is it that kind of hinders us at times from praying, all right? So that's how we're going to kind of finish up, All right. So you guys got your seatbelts buckled up? We're all ready to go and launch here? All right. So if you have your Bibles, I would invite you to turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5, and uh, verses 13 through 18. Again, this is, a lot of these are probably going to be familiar scriptures for most of us. And I just want you to, again, try to erase everything and just sort of dial in, listen to it for the first time, if you will. Beginning in verse 13 of James chapter 5, it says, If anyone among you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. You know, Luke was hitting on this last week. We sang today. So I'm assuming you're all cheerful here today. All right? Uh, Verse 14 Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Ooh, I got a friend there. It did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. God, I thank you for this opportunity to share from your word. Lord God, I thank you for these wonderful people, both here in person and those who are watching online. God, I pray for the next few moments, Lord. uh, We just clear ourselves of all distractions, and God, we would just listen to your word and to what you would have for us today. God, may uh, the word spoken today land on good soil in our hearts and take root in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, here we have this, this passage, and throughout it, there's there's this this these pictures. There, it's telling us to pray in many different situations. For example, when you know we're sick, we're to pray. When we're uh, when we've sinned against God, we, we come to God in prayer and ask for forgiveness, don't we? And again, prayer. What is it? It's simplest, a very simple definition is just us communicating with God, right? It's our communication with God. Um, more things in there is you know again you see that this, this uh, person named Elijah, this man, uh, he prayed fervently, right? And that's something, too. He didn't just pray, but it says he prayed fervently. And what happened is it did not rain for three years and six months on the earth. Now, again, either the Scripture is true or it's not, right? So either the Scripture, is it says what it is and it means it. So think about that. Think about, has anybody tried praying for it not to rain for Three years? <laughs> Anybody try that? I just want to know because you, I probably should hand the microphone to you and we'll. <laughs> you know, that's, it's incredible, right? But it's true. It's true. And so, again, we see all these snapshots of different places, different, different situations in, our, in lives, and it could be our lives, that, that prayer is, is called. We're called to do this as to some of the why. So now let me, to the rest of the message, we're going to list, kind of go through three reasons why we should pray. And again, I don't think the initial response is going to be like, that's prolific, Pastor Dell. But... I think as we unpack this, it's really going to kind of help us to really kind of dial in and think about this this why. And so the first reason why we should pray is simply to show our dependence on God. We should pray to show our dependence on God. Who's the best example to have ever walked this earth to look at as far as about prayer? Okay, it's like letter C. It's Jesus, right? Letter C on a quiz always go with C. If you don't know to say Jesus. If nothing else, we'll think you're a Pentecostal church and get it out there, right? So Jesus, right? Jesus is our example. If we're going to go somewhere, why don't we go to the source? Why don't we go to the one who really kind of encapsulates everything and did it perfectly? So guess what? Jesus prayed, didn't he? He prayed. And so here kind of, here's some rapid fire verses real quick, just to kind of walk through some instances in the the Gospels. Uh, Matthew 14 verse 23 it says, and after he, Jesus, had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came he was there alone. Now I, I preach two services on a Sunday typically now that we're back to the two service format. I tell you when I'm done here I go home and if I, even if I put a football game on, typically it becomes white noise from my nap that I'm going to take after service. I'm like exhausted. I'm tired, right? There's an actual kind of a drain that, you know, when you're on, and even spiritually, you're just tired. You're wore out, and so I want to pray. Or not pray. Sorry. I want to pray, but I sleep, okay? Let's just kind of get that straightened out. <laughs> Jesus, though, he would, I mean, he, would, he wasn't just preaching, he was, you know, healing the sick. He was casting out demons, and these were like thousands of people, and he was going and going and going and going, and probably physically exhausted, yet somehow, in himself, he found the strength that he would not just go to the next room, but he'd go up a mountain to be alone and to find time to pray and to be with God the Father before the nap, right? It's incredible. But it shows us the importance and how plugged in, if you will, he was. And how, I mean, at the top of his list is, I need to be with God, my Father, my Heavenly Father. And I did, he would do that through prayer. In Mark 6.46, and after he had taken leave of them, he, Jesus, went up on the mountain to pray. Luke 6.12, in those days he went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. Mark 1:35 and rising very early in the morning. How many early people do we have? Early risers, yeah? Yep, God bless you, God bless you. And early risers, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And the last one, Luke 5:16, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So can we all agree, do I need to kind of, I can keep going with more scripture, but I think we can all agree, right, that prayer was a top priority in Jesus' life. And we know who Jesus is and was, right? Son of God, you know, part of the Trinity, Triune God, like, you know, I mean, here he is, and he is demonstrating that prayer was essential to his life. And so why was Jesus always found praying? Perhaps a better question is, what did Jesus do on his own apart from prayer? The answer is absolutely nothing. Jesus did nothing on his own apart from prayer. There's not one thing that he did by himself. He was always engaged in that that communication, that communion with God the Father. Everything Jesus did, he did so dependent on God his Father. You see, again, to show our dependence on God, that's why we should pray. So let me let me kind of flip that over, if you will. So if we don't pray, we're showing dependence on ourselves, right? We're basically we're saying, God, I don't. I, just just you can just kick your feet up. I got this one covered, because I've in my own strength can do this. But the reality is we need to be dependent on God in every single area and every single thing, every single part of our life. So let's let's move, let's bring it down a notch. Can we do that? Let's kind of bring it, let's go to the disciples, right? Because we can kind of maybe we've got some Peters in here, and you know, we, we just tend to make mistakes and let's not put the bar so high. So let's look at the disciples, and as we look at them. There was only one thing. You know, you know what the one thing they asked? Like, think about it. You know they're walking with Jesus. You know three plus years, whatever. They're they're spending their lives investing with Jesus. They're just in, day in and day out. And you know they could ask if they could ask one thing. They asked for one thing from Jesus, and it's not. It wasn't how to witness, how to teach. You know, if I was there, I might have asked, "Hey, how do you walk on water? That's that's amazing." You know, I mean. Wow! I wish I could do that. Like you would have—how many agree that you would captivate an audience? You'd have a captive audience if you could walk on water. Like everybody would listen at that point, right? How about feeding five thousand people? Yeah, I mean that would be pretty amazing, right? Like let's, let's let's do this. Okay, now that I got your attention, here's what I have to say. No, you know what? The one thing that they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Think about that. Everything that they saw, everything, they you know, being around Jesus, and yet their, their one question was, Lord, teach us to pray. How do we pray? We see in the scripture there was a point where the disciples came across someone who was demon-possessed, and they tried to cast this demon out, but Jesus had to come through and basically save the day. And he turns to them and he says, this, this only happens through prayer and fasting. Right? So the disciples were probably trying, but they weren't quite where they needed to be. They weren't doing maybe uh, what they needed to as far as prayer. They weren't prepared. But again, this, they were trying, and they were beginning to build this into their lives. And they eventually learned, because we see in Scripture in Acts 1.14, it says all these with one accord. This is the early church. They were devoting themselves to feeding the hungry. No. <laughs> you know, going to synagogue, not necessarily. But they were devoting themselves to what? To prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And so, again, the disciples, we can see where eventually it took, and the priority of that gathering in that early church was prayer. It was essential. And I think for a lot of them, because, again, how many know that the early church was under tremendous persecution? And you're reminded on a daily basis, when you live in an environment like that, that you cannot do it on your own. (laughs) Like, today, I could die. Today, I could die, you know, in the early church. That was their... It could be the day. And I need strength today. I need help today to even walk out the door and to do what I'm called to do because it could be my last. And it may not be a pleasurable ending either, right? So again, I think with that persecution and with that stress and with that pressure, it sort of pushed them into that they needed prayer. They needed to depend on God. And so again, we see very easily That it shows our dependence on God when we pray. And prayer really is a core practice upon which our faith stands. If we're not praying, church, (laughs) we're on a slippery slope, aren't we? And so we need to be, again, come to that place. And it's hard because really it comes down to our pride, doesn't it? Admitting that we need to depend on God for everything. But how many know here that you will not breathe one extra breath, or live one extra microsecond without God saying, I allow that. (laughs) When God says you're done, you're done. Anybody know that? Did you guys get that in your notes? (laughs) Take that one with you. But it's true, right? And so we need to depend on God, and that's why we pray. Our second point of why we pray, simply we pray to know God better, to know God deeper, to deepen our relationship, our walk with God. You see, most of us grew up, or have grown up maybe, thinking about prayer and seeing prayer more as like asking for things, right? Which, again, it's not a, I'm not saying that that's wrong, but just bear with me here. It's so typically our prayer is something like, God, help me <laughs> to do this, right? Or maybe, you know, God, bless me in this area, or God, do this, or God, do that right? Fair statement probably for most people. And again, not saying that's wrong, but just kind of go with me here. But then notice how what happens when we pray for other people, don't we kind of do sort of the same thing, right? God, bless them. God, they need this. Help them in that, right? And that's good, right? Would we agree? And so, but you see how it carries over, is, is really we see this, this idea, when we have this idea that prayer is really just kind of going to God and asking, even, you know, we, we talk often here about the Acts model of, of prayer, if you guys have heard of that, you know, when you pray and you start with adoration, then you go to confession, right, then you go to thanksgiving, and then you go to supplication, you know, you're, man, you're, you're pretty much trying to get to the supplication part, most, most people, right, okay, I need to do this, okay, I'll do all these things, but I just want to get to the end where I need to, like, here's what I need, okay, I'm out, right, and so the thing is, though, so, and again, that's a great model, don't misquote me or misunderstand me, I, I use it, I do it often, but oftentimes, it's like when you, you know, you've got to talk to that person that you haven't talked to in a long time, and it's a little awkward because you need something, and so you start, you call them, and you're like, hey, how's it going, good, how's the family, that's good, um, hey, did you see that thing on the news the other day? Yeah, okay. And really, you're just like kind of stalling, right? You're just trying to kind of really like, hey, I just called to just call. Oh, by the way, I need this. <laughs> Could you do this on this? You know, it's it's, it's not, because you have not really put into the relationship part, right? You're just, you need something. And so you do this other stuff to get to that. And we don't want to do that. The whole idea of prayer is really to know God and to know God better. In Matthew 6, verses 7 and 8, it says, and when you pray, do not heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, listen, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Again, I don't want to shatter anybody's glass world here, but God knows what you need before you ask him. Okay? He's God. <laughs> It's not like he was, you know, like whoa, oh, I didn't see that one coming. That's what you need, but we're supposed to bring our needs to Him. Okay, so again, understand that that's okay, and don't feel guilty if you do that. You're supposed to do that. He wants you to do that. Just like a lot of times when my one of my kids come to me, I know what they're going to ask most of the time, and so it's it's but it's it's about that relationship part, right? It's the relationship component that they're coming to me. I want them to come to me. I want them to ask, not so I can hold it over them, but because it's building that relationship. But here's a question, but what if God has designed prayer to be more about knowing him versus asking something from him? Hmm? Uh, a, 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 I think a pastor once said this. He, he, said, he said, we are not desperate for something. We need to be desperate for someone Right? You see, God is a person, and he wants relationship with you and with me. And to have that, that's that where that prayer, that's where communion comes, that's where spending time with him, that's, that's, what, that's how we get to know someone better. I mean, what if we pray more to experience God's goodness and his grace and his mercy personally instead of just receiving things? Just to be with God. And again, I keep using kind of this parent illustration, but that's, that's our heart. When you're a parent, you just love when your kids just want to be with you. Right? We were helping, a group of guys here were helping uh, somebody with a shed, build a shed in their, their yard yesterday. And my youngest, no, he's not my youngest anymore. My second to youngest, Josh, my eight year old son, wanted to go with me. Right? There were no other kids there. It was kind of cold yesterday, if you remember too. But it was just awesome. It, we were hanging out, you know, we were driving together and, you know, we got there, and he was doing his best to to hammer some nails in, and we were just, we were together. We were just building relationship together, you know, and so it was just great, and it was wonderful, and that's really what God wants from us. He wants to be with us, and so again, what if the priority of prayer is more time versus talk, right? Spending time with God versus how much we can get out of our mouth, right? we, We talked about that in that Matthew 6 verse, you know, don't just babble on and on and on, and You know, you can use all the King James language, too, and and you're you're not impressing God with that. He just wants to be with you, all right? He just wants to be with you. I want to remind us this morning that the most important thing in our world is not our job, it's not our finances, it's not our football team, it's not our family, it's not our husband, it's not our wife, it's not our kids. The most important thing in this world is our personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You know why? If you want to be you know, a great spouse, a great husband, a great wife, a great mother or father, a great uh, worker at your job, that all stems out of that relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you have that, then it kind of spills into everything else, right? We need to remember that. You know, you may be sitting here today, and, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that talks about praying without ceasing, right? And you could say today, and probably many of us, and myself included, you know, well, I, I pray when I'm brushing my teeth. I, I pray when I'm putting my shoes on, when I'm driving in the car. How many people pray when they're in the car? Anybody, when you're driving? How many close their eyes? No? I mean, you're praying. I mean, come on, let's put it on. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, we, but we do. That's great, and that's good. But the point is this, is, is if, if we're not setting time aside to be with God at some point in our day, again, let's go back to that example of Jesus, Right? I doubt any of us worked as hard as Jesus did as he was ministering to these crowds of people. I mean, again, it wasn't in a room like this where the climate controlled. You know, he's out in the elements and in the harshness, and, and he's ministering all day, yet he would still make that time to, to be alone with God his Father. He would make that a priority. I mean, how would this, what would this look like in a marriage, right? If we, if we, lived our, we had our marriages like this, right? Where all we did was we kind of communicated while we're doing stuff. When we're, you know, kind of cooking dinner or while we're, you know, tying our shoe. Some of you are looking at me kind of crazy like, why do we do that? That's what we do. No, listen, let me help you out. If you don't do that, if you don't speak specific time to be with your spouse, then you need to, okay? Can I help you out with that today? Because that's what, that's what it's about, right? When you're in a relationship with someone... Maybe it's not a spouse. Maybe it's a friend, a close friend. You know, and that's one of the things. Let me just, and I I think I'll get some amens on this. This would be appropriate. One of my greatest pet peeves now are the cell phones, right? And have you ever gone out to eat with somebody, a friend, maybe somebody you haven't seen for a while? Yep, you know where we're going. And you're sitting there. We had this happen to some friends of ours. And, you know, they, they whip out their cell phones, and they're, like, checking Facebook, like, while you're talking and stuff like that. Anybody else experience this? Right? Did you just did you pray for them, or what did you? No. I think, didn't we address it at the table? Did we say something? Yeah, Leanne, my wife. She's like, yeah, that's what we said. She's, she's like, listen, if you guys put your phones away, we'll pay for the meal today. That's what we said. <laughs> right? Kindness, but still getting to the point. Like, It's just because you're not really there. Your mind is somewhere else. And what does that make you feel like on the other side of the table? Like, well, I'm not really... That important, obviously. My time is not valuable, this being together. <laughs> now, how many of us are like that with God? And I'll tell you this, too, and what's and it, hard for me sometimes, you know, because I have my phone, I have my Bible on my phone, my Bible app and things, and that's great. It's good to have that with you. But let me encourage you, if you're going to spend some time with God, put your phone somewhere to the side. And sometimes I'll even set a timer, just so, because then I can, like, relax. Like, I know my phone's going to go off at a certain time so I don't miss something. Or, and, and open your Bible and just be with God. Because, sure enough, you'll be on your Bible, right? And you get the Facebook notification, right? And I know all of you just, you swipe that up, right? And you just keep in your Bible what you're doing, right? Just nod your head, keep looking at me. No, we don't, do we? are Like, no, I'm just going to swing over there. You hit that. You go to Facebook, right? And then there's, the, you know, like the reel or something. Start The video catches you. Next thing you know, three hours later, you're like you're into the Facebook abyss. You're all quiet now, aren't you? <laughs> but it's true, right? Our phones, our technology, it's wonderful when used in the right way, but they will consume us if we're not careful. And so don't shortchange God. Don't shortchange yourself Being, you know, spending that time. You need that time with God uninterrupted. All right? So we pray to know God better is number two. Number three, before we move into kind of our second part, second half, here's the fun one. We pray to submit our will to God's plan. How many love that one, right? Because it's not easy, is it? To surrender our will to God's plan. In Luke 22, verses 40 through 42, it says, And when he came to the place, he said to them, and again, this is Jesus, this is the Garden of Gethsemane, very familiar scene, just before he goes to the cross, right? Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you're willing, and here it comes, remove this cup from me. Jesus, Son of God, perfect in every way, knew what he was called to do, knew that he was, his ultimate destination was going to be the cross. Yet here we see him, Father God, if there is any way, please take this cup from me. Now, I don't think any of us have faced anything in our life, and that's not to take away anything that you've experienced, but to know that you are going to go to the cross And not even just to the cross, but before that, you're going to be beaten and just whipped and pieces of your beard ripped out and your flesh ripped before you even get to the cross. And then you're going to be crucified and you're going to hang there until you die. I don't think anybody in here maybe has felt that kind of stress in our lives. And here Jesus is feeling the weight of that. And he's saying, Father God, please remove this cup if you're willing. And then he finishes but nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. That's incredible. That is incredible. And that is probably the most purest version of submission to God's will that you could possibly see or look at. And you see the humanity of Jesus too. You see that he's just like, I, I, I can't do this. And I heard one pastor say, he, he put it like this a phrase where he said, He says, Pray what you got. Pray what you got. What does that mean? Sometimes we come to God and we're just, we're falling apart. You know, we don't have time for the formalities. We don't, we're just like, we're a train wreck. (laughs) But you know what? If you're struggling, say, God, Lord, I'm I'm struggling to even pray right now to you. Lord, I'm, I'm a mess right now. God, I don't know what to pray right now. Those are the things. That's how that's what you do with somebody you trust. That's what you do with somebody that you love. And you just you just say where you're at. That's, that's what God wants. Because <laughs> then he can do something with that. Listen to this. We only submit our will to that which we have complete trust. Right? We only submit our will to that which we have complete trust. You think about, again, an airplane, right? When you get on an airplane, you know, you're about to get in this metal tube, and you're going to go up to 30,000, 40,000 feet in the air. Now again, unless you're just terrified of flying, For most people you probably sit in your chair, and you eat your peanuts, you know, and you're watching whatever. You're not really thinking, right? You know, you're not really like, oh, I'm just, I'm all worked up right now. You're just sitting there and you're just waiting until you get there. Why? Because you trust one, probably the airplane itself, the the equipment that's on board, the electronics, all the pieces, everything else. You trust, basically you're putting trust in the maintenance crew that made sure all those things were working properly. And then ultimately you're putting trust in the pilot because he's the one who's got control of the airplane right now. (laughs) Right? And so you've placed your trust in all of that and so you submit your will. Are you like looking out the window, like, oh, I don't, I think he's about four degrees off on his heading right now. You don't do that, right? You're just sitting there, you're longing for the ride because you're like, well, they're going to get me to where I need to go. That's what trust looks like. That's what trust is. But for us to submit our will, we have to trust God. And so let me do it to you once again. I'm going to flip that around. <laughs> so if we're not submitting our will, what does that say about our trust in God? And I stand here, I'm preaching to myself right now. You know, we come, through th- we come to things in life, we come to challenges in life where our trust or our faith is a little, it's a little shaky, isn't it? When things really kind of are on the line. Again, this prayer is an expression of our sincere desire. That's what we saw with Jesus to remove this cup. You know, we're seeing his desire like, I don't want to do this. I don't. Jesus did not skip up to the cross. He was asking God, take this. But at the end of the day, not my will but yours be done. I will be obedient and I will be faithful. Prayer does not inform God of matters that he would otherwise be ignorant of. The validity of prayer is not affected by length or repetitiveness. Again, it's the simplest prayers usually are the most heartfelt or the most sincere or the most kind of, you know, deep down, deep-seated, just, ah, just that raw prayer. That's what God wants. (laughs) He wants you just to be real. An important part of petitioning God in prayer is the discipline of conforming our desires to the revealed will and the ongoing providence of God, and that basically comes down to trust, doesn't it? Because here's the deal: at some point, and this is why we want to spend time in prayer, is we may have we may be facing something in front of us, and when we spend time with God the Father, we spend time in prayer, spend time in His Word, and oftentimes God will reveal to us that this is this is where I want you to go. You know, you can take whatever scenario, whatever scene. You can go to the extreme. Maybe you have a missionary going overseas. You can go to just right next door to where God wants you to say something to that 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 cashier at the checkout. And you know it, and you're terrified. <laughs> and you're like, God, I don't think I can do this. And you say that. But ultimately, again, it's, it's about conforming our desires. It's about, but God, you know what? If this is what you want, I will step out in faith, and I will trust that the strength to do this, the words to say, everything else will be there. And if you've done this before, you know that It's true. It's terrifying to, to take that first step, isn't it? But then when God meets you, and you have that moment, and you know that, you know what, I was obedient to what God had for me today, as hard as it was, and it felt good. God will do that. So we pray to show our dependence on God. We pray to know God better. We pray to submit our will to God's plan. And so I'll, I want to shift gears now. And I want to just kind of now, we've got that sort of foundation, kind of those things to work from. And I want to just have a moment here with you. And, you know, in the, in the broadest terms, the motive for prayer is the fact that God commands it, right? This is like, again, Parenting 101. Why do I have to do that? Because I said so, right? You don't have to give the reason. don't have to give, now you can be nice and do that with two teeth brushing, tooth brushing, whatever. Brushing your teeth, we're, we're pretty gracious with that. right? So we'll show all the pictures of teeth that have rotted or things like that and just scare them into submission to, to brush their teeth. <laughs> but at the end of the day, God has commanded us to pray and so if we're followers of Christ and God has told us to do something and for no other reason, boil it down to you should do it because you were told to do it. <laughs> Alright? That's the simplest. And it is through prayer Really that we petition God, and again, I, I touched on this earlier, and that's, and I want to say again, it's, there's nothing wrong with petitioning God for things, all right? And it's so, for example, the need for forgiveness of sin in 1 John 1, 8, and 9, you know, if we've sinned, we go to God in prayer, we say, God, forgive me, I've, I've sinned, this is what I've done, we confess it, and the beauty is God forgives it, right? We can find freedom from anxiety, we come to God with that from Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it tells us that God will give us a peace that passes all understanding, Right? We're not supposed to live anxious. He delivers us from temptation. Matthew 26, 41. These are things that we can come to God. We can bring these to God in prayer. We're, we're told to bring these to God in prayer. And even provision of the, of the temporal needs, right? Of our, just our, our tangible things we need in life. Matthew 6, 11. God cares about those things. He does. But underneath all of these is the recognition that we depend upon God for all things, for good things. Right? Because he cares. He cares. And so with all that said, the challenge comes, again, one challenge is that when we pray, but we don't see something happen. We don't see something change. When we pray and it maybe doesn't go according to what we think, right? There was a, a part of our homeschool group, there was a, a little girl, and um, the, a, 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 one of the teachers in our homeschool group put a prayer request on the group page, and there was a one-year-old girl, I guess she had like, a, like this, she couldn't stop coughing, and I guess it caused some, because there was a lack of oxygen, so it caused some brain damage and things like that. And so she put this prayer request out earlier in the week, and um, so you've got, you know, 100-plus families praying. This girl's church was probably praying. family was praying. And so I was downstairs last night working. I came upstairs and saw Leanna at the table, and her, face was, her head was down. I thought she was, you know, resting or something. And she sits up, and she's got tears. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, she's like, the little girl died last night. And it's like, you know, you sit there, and, you know, I'm preparing for this message of why we pray, And I'm going to be honest with you, you know. I would be lying if it never goes through my mind, like, what's the point? (laughs) Can your pastor say that? Is that okay? But, I mean, I struggle sometimes. Like, God, you know, you're going to do what you do. That's kind of the thought, that process that we go through sometimes, I think. God, you're going to do what you do. You know, we prayed, and this, of all people, you know, this girl, this little girl, you know, she had her whole life in front of her, and then all this family and all the friends and people that are affected by this loss, and you know, I mean, I've got my little guy here, and it's just, it's sobering, and it's its hard sometimes. It's hard, isn't it? You know, but as I was kind of praying, and just like, God, how do I, <laughs> I'm supposed to get up and tell people why we should pray, and, and then this happens, you know, and it just kind of hit me really hard, and <sighs> this is gonna probably fall short in some ways, but, you know, God gave me this, this sort of scene, if you will, in my mind, and, you know, I thought of, like, in the military, it's Veterans Day, and so, you know, think about when, a, when a, a soldier who's a husband or a wife in a family, and they have to go off to war, and they've got a young child, you know, maybe two, three, four years old, and, you know, you do your best to explain why you have to go. You do your best to explain it, to kind of help them to sort of understand, you know, that, that mom or dad has to leave for a, a long period of time, and, you know, The reality is is they don't have the capacity, do they, to understand. And so when you leave, it is like one of the hardest things because this child sees you walking away and you're gone for a long month in in some cases. And the child's bawling because they don't understand, one, that that you're coming back. They don't understand maybe that, you know, what you're doing. And it's just, it's hard for them. And they cry. Why? Because they love you and they miss you. And, you know, I, I just kind of felt like that's sort of, it's kind of a, a small glimpse maybe of what it's like. Like, the reality is, is we don't have the capacity to understand what God is doing or accomplishing. And I'm not going to for one second say that he, he took that little girl's life. The, the promise that we have in Scripture is that he uses those difficult things. You see, we live in a fallen world, right? There's where there's sin and there's death. And so we experience these things. But the beauty is that God loves us and cares about us so much and the reality is that that little girl is in eternity. She is face to face with Jesus right now free of pain and suffering. But the people left here, her family, are are struggling. We're struggling and we, we didn't even really know her personally. But we have to come back to this place where we know that because God is who he says he is, because God is good and God loves us and God cares for us, and we trust God that he is working these things out and that that he is a just God. But it's not always easy, is it? It's not always easy, and I, I want you to know that today. If you're in that place where you're just struggling a bit, or you, maybe you've been praying for something for a long time or for someone, or maybe you've experienced a loss, a deep loss as, as of late. God has not abandoned you. God doesn't mean God doesn't hear your prayers. We're still called to pray. Praise God, I mean, most of us in here have probably seen at least one person come out of something, right? Where their life was, was spared. Because God hears our prayers. God hears our petitions and so we're faithful with that and we celebrate in those victories but then at the end of the day when we're just not sure or we don't understand the reason we fall back to the fact that you know what? God, I trust you. I have faith in you and my hope is in you in you alone. So as we kind of begin to wrap all this up we've faced a very, very challenging last couple of years, haven't we? Us personally, the world in general, people have been challenged. People have been just unsure about what's next. And they've been trying to figure this out, and I'm pretty sure that a lot of people have been praying. <laughs> right? But it probably hasn't gone according to script, has it? So my question then is, you know, as we talk about praying and, and why we should pray My question is, if not now, then when? If not now, then when? Look at all that has taken place. (laughs) Yet have we been driven to our knees in prayer? Have we come to God and said, God, you know what? If nothing else through all of this stuff, I recognize the fact that I am not in control. (laughs) That I don't... I don't hold the universe in the span of my hand. I I recognize that I need you in every single moment. I recognize that I need you in my life, and I need you to sustain me. If not now, when? Have we recognized our dependence on God through this time? Or now as sort of life slowly kind of gets back to sort of normal, has that just sort of like kind of gone quiet now, and we're sort of like, okay, God, I'm back. You can move over now. I can take the steering wheel again. We're good. Shouldn't we desire to be close to our Heavenly Father? Has our pride been been broken enough yet in us that we are willing to submit ourselves to whatever God has? We have to surrender ourselves. We, We lay our lives down and say, God, use me. In one sense, prayer seems so simple, doesn't it? One of our phrases around here right now is, just do that. You know, we talk about some grandiose plan, and then we joke around and say, well, just do that. (laughs) Because there's a lot more that goes into it to make it happen, right? But for some reason, prayer, as simple as it seems, is is challenging. So why is it, again, so difficult? I want to read for you from Ephesians chapter 6 very quickly, and this will not be on the screen. I really want, What I want you to do is I want you just to, to listen to these words. You can, if you want, close your eyes or just, just dial in for a minute. I want you to hear this. And I want to walk just, just briefly through this. Ephesians 6, in beginning in verse 10. says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Again, here's a scene where you, it's, it's a war scene, right? It's a, it's a, there's a lot going on here, and, and this, this picture is being painted of a battle talks at the very beginning, putting on the whole armor of God. And now it unpacks that a little bit. It goes on and says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. what you've just had painted here in front of you is is what a Roman soldier would have looked like going into battle with a helmet, with a shield, with a sword and a breastplate on and, and, and ready for battle, right? And so again, this picture of going into battle has been painted and so now we're gonna see what is this battle? Where is this going to go? Is it on a field? Is it, where do we fight? What do we do? Or where is it going to take place? And then it goes on in verse 18. In the next line it says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, this is Paul talking, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so what we see here is again, this, this scene of, of battle and, and it's painting how we're supposed to be dressed and ready for battle. And our battle takes place through prayer. And what's happening in this prayer what is Paul asking he's like I'm 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 carrying the gospel forward when God's work is moving forward when God is carrying out his plan listen God has a plan for you and for me God has a plan for this church you understand that and our battle takes place on our knees in prayer there's something that takes place. And so why is it so easy, or, or why is what seems easy to enter into prayer, why is it so hard? It's because there's a spiritual battle because if the enemy can get you to not spend time in prayer, to not get into prayer, he's already won. And so when we buy into this lie that why should I pray, it's not a big deal. God's not, he's gonna do what he does anyway. You see how that gets twisted? Listen, church, I'll tell you this. We need to be praying for one another. And listen, a lot of you, you submit your prayer requests and we pray for you. Can I ask you something? I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for my family. I need you to pray for Pastor Tony and his family and for this staff. <laughs> we, me and Luke, I think we, we laugh about it now a little bit because basically when you're set up to preach or when you're preaching that week, you can expect all hell to break loose in your world because Satan wants nothing more than to derail you and to get you off track and to throw things off. Sunday mornings, it doesn't matter how much we do to prepare. It usually looks like about like a train wreck happening in slow motion, right, in our house. But you know what? <laughs> I believe some of you do pray for us. And we get here and I'm able to preach God's word. And every time I do, I believe that's a kick in the enemy's face. Because we need to be a church that's united. We need to be a church that's on mission. Because here's the deal when we're on mission, when we're taking the gospel to the people that haven't heard it, when we're growing in our walk with God, when you stop right here in this moment right now and think about everything that you've heard and what you have planned in your mind, what you want to do, and hold on to that. Because as soon as you walk out that door, (laughs) your phone's going to ding. You're going to go back home. You're going to go to work this week and get sucked back into your crazy world. And this message and this whole thing is just going to, it seems just going to kind of like, okay, just bring that volume down. Why do we pray? It's because we have to. Not in the sense of we have to because we're told to, though that is prep, Right? We have to because we need it. We need to be lifting up one another. And it changes us, doesn't it? And in some cases, it changes our situation. Would you bow your heads as we we pray? Father God, we come before you today. God, I thank you, Lord, for... (laughs) the fact that right now we can bow our heads and we can enter into prayer with you. God, I pray that as we've heard these words today, as we've heard this message, Lord God, that it has challenged us to the point of change in our life, to, to coming back, Lord God, again, as our sermon series says, back to the start and back to the heart of what this is all about. It's about relationship with you. And so, Lord, forgive us where we've lost our first love, where we've lost sight of of the relational aspect of what it is to walk as a Christian here on earth, to walk uh, in stride with you and with your will. God, forgive us where we put our own desires and plans ahead of yours and where we've failed to surrender our, our wants and desires to yours. God, I pray for each person here in this place. I pray for each person watching online within the sound of my voice that we would truly be challenged to fall to our knees and to pray. And God, as you taught us, Lord, we recognize that you are our Father in heaven, Lord. We thank you that you are our Father. Again, you could have had any title, but you chose Father And what a a beautiful picture that is, that you care for us and that you love us. God, that you are holy, your name is holy. And God, we, we wanna pray, Lord, from the depths of our soul, in all sincerity, Lord, that your kingdom would come and be done here on earth, Lord, that your will would be carried out and that we would be used, Father God, as vessels to do that. God, we recognize that we need your word daily, your daily bread, Father. God, we need that. We have to have that. And God, it's not to be stored. It's, it's, it's we need a fresh supply every day. And God, we do pray for, for forgiveness for our sins, Lord God, as you've called us also to forgive others, Father. Forgive us, Lord, where we've not been faithful with that. And finally, Lord, we ask that you would lead us away from temptation, Father, for those who are in this place that are struggling, Lord, with different things, with temptation, Father God, in many different ways. God, we pray that that you would deliver us from that, because your word promises that. And finally, Lord God, that you would would deliver us from evil. Lord, we recognize that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, God. But God, we, rec- we wrestle with a, an enemy in God that that happens on a spiritual level. And so God, we recognize that you are our protector, you are our defender, but God, we have a part in this fight that we are called to be faithful in prayer and to lift one another up. And so Lord, I thank you that you see us where we are. And God, again, as I mentioned earlier, Lord, sometimes we, we simply have to just pray what we, what we have, what we got. God, when we're struggling, let us not hesitate to come to you and just confess, Lord, our, our struggles, our, 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 the, the challenges that we face, Lord God, what we're dealing with. When we don't understand something, Father God, God, we pray, Lord, that where you're able to, Lord, just to bring understanding, but also, Lord, where those times come where we just have to trust you that you are God and that you are good. Help us, Lord, in our faith and our walk with you, Lord. God, give us a desire, a deep desire, Lord, to walk with you in prayer every single day. In Jesus' name.